Well, hello, hello, and welcome to Business of Design, episode 281. And today we're going to talk about something I know you all love to do, which is hiring. Am I right? No, of course not. You have other things you want to do. Hiring's no fun. And so perhaps what we're going to talk about today is going to just push your buttons a little bit because I'm going to say, I agree with you. It's not that much fun. And that's why I want you to be ready for it and do it all the time. Do it all the time. Have you lost your mind? Well... That is possible, actually. It's been a little mad at work. And in fact, in the middle of the conversation I'm going to have with our guest today, you're going to hear the phone ring and I've got someone running around town picking up items for a styling project in the country and then racing back for us to do the installation before the clients get back tonight. So um, anyway, you're going to hear that it's a little bit busy and yes, I may have lost my mind, but not when it comes to hiring and getting yourself a streamlined systematic process, protocols and systems that are ready to go the minute you need someone and even before you need someone. It was really fun interviewing our guest, Shelly Warren. She is with a big network called Biz Chicks where she's a leadership coach, and she speaks with all kinds of business owners, uh, particularly small business owners who value her expertise from 26 years in the corporate world. And you're going to hear how smart this wonderful woman is as she is interviewed on the podcast. 20, 25 years ago, I had a revolving door of staff. The atmosphere in my office was one of wonderful, lovely, fun, high-energy people working really hard to get things done, but unable to keep up with the demand, the chaos, the lack of systems and protocols, et cetera. And so the result is I took these great people and I burned them out and they just ran fleeing from the building. And I cried many nights over how devastating that was to my business and how difficult it was to replace those people when they just left me kind of high and dry. So thankfully, I had a wonderful business coach many, many years ago who said, you need to have a hiring process in place and a portal on your website for careers that's active, whether or not you're hiring. And you will constantly receive applications. You will constantly meet new candidates. And that changed my life. Of course, what really changed my life were systems to run my business. And the result was I actually didn't need to hire very often because I had good people who stayed. So really, again, there's no shortcut. You could have the most amazing hiring process, but if your business is in chaos, they're not going to stick around. You're not going to fool them into sticking around. I'm referring, of course, to the good candidates. The other ones will stick around forever. But don't let me digress down that rabbit hole. Shelley breaks down the hiring process into three top phases, which are attracting great people, and then selecting from the candidates you receive, and then onboarding. Onboarding for us was kind of the last piece of the puzzle. We realized that as we made those hires, they came into the office. Every new hire had the same questions. Where's the washroom? How do you use the coffee maker? How can I use the printer? What's my code for the printer? I need a password. Who do I give the password to? And so part of the business of design hiring process systems and protocols is also an onboarding process. 
Our hiring process is robust and it works. It's super effective. And I learned wonderful things from Shelly, including a method for making your careers portal even more robust and enticing, which I think is great advice. Someone else who gives great advice, Cheryl Horn. Let's check in with Cheryl now, and then we'll get right into the show. Thank you so much for being here. We're super happy to see you today. Hey, Kimberly. This was such a great episode. I was really happy to hear Shelly at the end of the episode mention that if you're looking to find a team member, especially if you need to find them fast, that the first place you should look is your network. Uh, This is actually one of the questions I get really often from business of design members about, you know, oh, I need to hire. What's the best way to get started? Or where should I post an ad? And it's something I'm always referring to our BOD uh, private Facebook community that we have for our members. So I do see members posting there all the time if they're looking to hire. I actually, uh, within our boss groups, we've got multiple boss members that are actually sharing employees, specifically the person who does their intake. Uh, You know, within the business of design membership or within our boss groups, everyone's using the same system. So to be able to train one contract employee who can then fulfill that role for multiple uh, group members when you've gotten to know different members within the community or within boss uh, has been really amazing to see. It's been a great resource. So um, if you're listening and you're looking to hire, please uh, get into BOD membership and be part of that community group. Or of course, if the next level for you is joining a boss group, we do still have one spot left and our first meeting's happening in October. So please reach out to me if you're interested. Um, and of course, the application is available on the website. Uh, another question I actually get a lot in the Facebook community is about project management software. And there's so many different programs out there and available. I I would say it's probably the most popular topic that I see in that uh, community Facebook group. So that's going to be the conversation at BOD Live on July 20th. Uh, We want members to weigh in, share what they're using, what they've tried, what they like, what they don't like, and um, allow all of our members to really learn and benefit from the trial and error that others have already been through. So a couple other events that I want to mention, of course, full details are on our website. Just click on events when you uh, get to businessofdesign.com. Australia, Kimberly and Janine are headed to Australia in March, 2023. It's going to be a two-day intensive version of the BOD 15 Registration complete details are on the website. That's going to be hosted by Boyd Blue in their Sydney showroom. And uh, Jody Carter, uh, one of our longtime members and uh, boss members, is going to be on the ground there helping us out to get that all ready. But if you're interested, uh, registration is open. Please go check out the details. And then I actually just posted the BOD contract for commercial projects. This is going to start out as a live uh, virtual seminar at the end of September, and the contract will be included. It will be available afterwards as a product on the website, as we've done with our other contracts. But being part of the live seminar will allow you to ask those questions. 
and uh, details for that are on the website. So registration's open if you can join us. It's going to be a two-hour live seminar, and of course, it's going to include the contract. Kimberly's going to walk through the the policies in there, as well as the process she walks through the commercial clients through, uh, which also follows the BOD 15. So all of our events are on the website. If you have any questions, by all means, reach out to me, Cheryl, at businessofdesign.com. Thanks so much. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. We have the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to consistently satisfy clients, increase profitability, and run your projects like a boss. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to hundreds of targeted training modules, plus member perks like BOD Live events, member-only podcasts, preferred pricing, and the support of an engaged community of peers. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. All right, cool. We'll just launch in. I read everything that you you sent in and it's great. And I know you do this all the time, so I'm not worried about any kind of a rehearsal as long as you're okay. Oh, yeah, sure. I'm just a bit starstruck, Kimberly. Oh, This is a very... This is a very big deal for what me you, to be talking you, to you. How is that possible? <clears throat> because I'm Canadian. I live in Brockville, Ontario, right, like right between Toronto and Montreal, just less than an hour south of Ottawa. I've been watching you on TV for, you know, from back years. in the day, back in the day. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm 60. So, you know, I've been watching you on City Line and then, of course, Design for Living, um, the one show... That instantly comes to mind was when you were in Morocco. <gasps> I so oh my gosh! Go back to Morocco. Yeah. Oh my god! I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. Like when I think about you and your show that you had, that one episode just always bubbles up to the top of my mind. I was fascinated by that, like everything that went on during that episode, and just what you showcased and how you look so alive and joyful while you were there and young <laughs> and um, <laughs> it's great that it looked polished on camera because behind the scenes it was terrifying it's the closest I ever feel like I came to death and we oh, were actually no. kind of abducted for a very short period of time and then saved by someone so I think it's funny that that oh episode gosh. stands out as being like serene and lovely <laughs> Well, That's you awesome. are you are a great performer. So well, right? that's what great performers do. They perform <laughs> under pressure. Yes, exactly right. Yeah. Well, I, I'm really happy to meet you too. I know. Tell everybody about the podcast you do all the time and 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 uh, what you do um, for entrepreneurs and small business owners. Sure. So I work now at BizChicks, which is a U.S. based company that provides education and coaching for service-based entrepreneurs. So women who own those service-based businesses. And what I do personally is I take my 25 plus years of corporate experience leading really large teams, you know, building out those million dollar projects or billion dollar brands. And what I like to do is strip all of those corporate systems and processes and compile them into something that's very effective for that small business owner. 
Amazing. You know, one of the biggest mistakes I made when I was trying to recreate my business and build something that actually worked is I sort of decided I would ignore everything that I heard from the corporate world because I wasn't a big corporation. And in Mm -hmm. hindsight, that was such a mistake. When I finally stopped doing that and started stealing what lessons I could steal from those big companies, I really got some momentum and my business began to turn around. So I could see how that would be a smart place to come from. Well, what we're really doing is... I mean, I like to tell everyone I had a fabulous career with that Fortune 50 company. I mean, come on. It was a fabulous career. And now I'm having a second fabulous career where it's really a chance to be able to bust through all those fears that that small business owner has of wanting to run the furthest away from anything corporate that they that they ever can. So similar to what the mindset that you had. But in reality, what we can do is we can take those proven lessons, those proven concepts and frameworks and just pull out all the red tape and just get right down to the nitty gritty of what that particular service-based business owner needs to really accelerate her success. And it's working. Mm -hmm. I completely understand that. Well, we decided today, I mean, there was 5,000 avenues we could explore with you and your expertise. So it was hard to narrow it down, but we decided we would focus on getting the hiring right because at the Mm -hmm. point you are overwhelmed, too busy, stressed out, probably not the best time to start hiring, but that's when most of us do it. So let's start with an example of the perfect scenario, how you would develop and execute a hiring plan as a small business owner? Well, the best hiring project plans are the one that are... So sorry. Mm -hmm. The phone is ringing. I have to pick it up because I have... uh, Go right ahead. Hey. I mean, yeah. Box of hardware. Who's the hardware for? I'd say leave it it in the car. Mm, Yeah. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. And the little black end table as well. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Okay. I'm running. I'm on a podcast. (laughs) Bye. There's madness afoot. I was supposed to be finishing an installation yesterday and I didn't have everything I needed. So um, anyway, madness. Shelly, I'm so sorry. Go ahead. You were just about to launch into the perfect place to begin your hiring and execution plan. Love that little interruption because for me, it's a taste of what it's like, you know, a day in the life of the Canadian icon designer. Are you kidding? That was a moment for me. I love that. So (laughs) glamorous. Isn't it? And the hard work is always so glamorous. So what we want to do when we want to create this hiring process is we want to do it in such a way that it's repeatable and ideally have it set up that you don't have to do it. At all, right? So you have team members that understand your intention, they understand the game plan, and they are going to be a great extension of you and your brand. And they're going to go out and they're going to find the next person that's going to come in and work alongside them. And why I like to have team members involved is because it's really, you know, the people closest to the work know the most about the work. Mm -hmm. So let's give them the ownership and the desire to be deeply involved in who their next peer is going to be. 
That is the best advice ever. I realized after a decade of hiring lovely people who couldn't do the job I needed them to do because they were just like little mini me's Mm -hmm. instead of people who had a different set of skills. I kept hiring people who reminded me of me, I guess. And I stumbled on your suggestion because I had a business coach who said, you're done hiring. You're the worst. You don't know how to hire. You're terrible at it. (laughs) Give it to me. I'm going to hire. And I actually have somebody with me today, it's I think it's 18, 19 years was the per- first person she oh, hired. Wow. And then we developed a hiring protocol, a whole system mm-hmm. where I don't meet the potential hiree until like the fourth or fifth step of the process. Yes. And boy, is that smart because by then mm-hmm. other people have, as you said, they've got ownership, they're invested, and they're actually looking at the person who might take some of the workload off their desk. It's so brilliant. That's always the way to go. And so what we want to do is there's really three different steps. We want to attract great candidates. Then we want to select your best candidates. And then we want to onboard them with world-class systems and processes. So let's go back to attracting. And this is where, you know, a lot of small business owners, they, there's a blind spot here for them. And they don't realize that when you're positioning yourself out in this current race for talent, you really need to put your marketing hat on. You need to position your job opening as their next best career move, not a J-O-B, right? We're not hiring Mm -hmm. people to come in that want a job. We want people to come and join our teams that want to stay with us long-term and have a career with us. So as we put on our marketing hat, we're positioning this job offer, your team culture, your client roster, your culture as incredibly compelling for the right person. Uh, That's so, so I might, as the business owner say, you know, these are the kind of projects we do and there might be a beautiful photo of the kind of projects we do. And I might talk about Um, that we give uh, extra Fridays off in the summertime so people can Mm -hmm. have long weekends and there might be a picture of me and the team having fun, Mm -hmm. drinking wine. It's a bit more, um, put a little narrative on it, I guess. Sure. So what I like to tell people is be as transparent as you possibly can. Put yourself in the shoes of the person who's considering applying to come and work with you. So if your office is in a strip mall in downtown, just say that. If you have a studio and the majority of your team work from home with a hybrid schedule or where you're coming into the office to do some collaboration, let's say that. And the best messaging that there possibly could be about inviting someone to come and join you is to hear it from your, the people who are already on the team. There's enough out there for them to learn about you and who you are and how you built this incredible business. Let's put the focus on the people who currently make up your team. And one of the ways that you can do this, it's super simple, is to create a career portal on your website. And that career portal would be full of audio testimonies from your your clients, how wonderful the team was to work with. And then you also want to hear some audio and see some video testimonials of people who have been with you, people who just joined your team, people who've been there for a year or two, and then people that have been with you long-term. Let's hear those stories about why did they stay? 
why are they looking forward to their next promotion? And what do they see as their next best career move with you? And then those new hires, what compelled them to want to apply and have them even give some tips on how to be prepared to come and do an interview with your team, right? You want to really showcase the realities of what it's like to come and work alongside you. And one of the best ways to do that is have your team showcase themselves as, hey, if you come and join our team, we're all going to get to hang out together. We're all going to be able to collaborate. And here's, here's my strength. And here's what we know is a gap on our team. You know, we're really looking for this type of person who has these skills that can come in with these experiences. Let your team be your marketing team while they're looking to hire their next best peer. I have to laugh as I reminisce about this. If I had done this, if I'd followed this advice, you know, 15, 20 years ago and interviewed this staff that I had at the time, they would have said, oh my God, you're going to work like a dog. It's going to be total madness. You're going to stay up late. You're going to come in on weekends. It's never going to be enough. And oh my gosh, the very thought of it. So I never went as far as you suggested, but it's such really good advice. Um, but I did realize I had to have a career um, portal, as you call it, on my website. We're always, mm-hmm. We always um, had, uh, for many years, we are hiring on the website and we received job applications on an ongoing basis. And that was in order to, in, in the event that somebody left, I was able to fill that position quickly because I ha- sure. already had applications. But that's a yeah. great idea. Not, o- not only is it attractive to the candidate, but I bet it's lovely for your team to feel mm-hmm. somewhat spotlighted. Well, and now you've just amped up their level of ownership mm-hmm. for selecting quality people to come and join your team. And it really does let them leave their stamp on the business in their own words, with their own expressions. And it's just a fun activity to do. And I love knowing that you have a career portal, Kimberly, because oftentimes small business owners think that they they don't need that unless they're hiring. But my philosophy is always be hiring, Mm -hmm. meaning always be posting job openings, including if you're not quite ready, to invite someone in to fill that position. What we want to have are some standard roles that are available, especially those roles where you know you need more than one. Let's have those posted on that career portal and let's keep collecting those applications. And then we can have a person on your team do all the upfront work, right? They can do some pre-screening. They can do some reference checks. They can have that first initial interview with them and they can start to create this pile of good, better, and best. And then what we want to do is always be dipping into the best pile to pull people in to have those additional interviews. It's so nice to be able to refer people as well. There were times when we really mm-hmm. just didn't have an opening, but I was able to reach out to yeah. other designers I know and say, this seems like a really good quality candidate. Somebody should grab this person while, we, mm-hmm. while we've met her. Um, okay, so you've got to get access to good talent and don't be passive about that. Be active right. in how you're going to tackle that aspect, I guess you said, of the three parts. Um, And then the second part. The second part is selecting, right? So within the attracting phase, you're deliberately taking action to attract those people that are going to want to love coming and work with you, including in your job posting, creating that section that says the day in the life of 
Like this is what a typical day looks like. And then just be clear about what that looks like. So now you've got this stack of good, better, best candidates, and you've done some pre-screening, you've checked the references and someone on your team, maybe two, per, you know, preferably two people on your team have gone through and, and done the values check, the cultural check. Is this person really going to be fit with us? And now it comes down to hosting those deeper interview questions. Um, and those interviews, I find people can get stumble, stumble along with because they don't know what kind of questions to ask. That is absolutely true. I used to always rely on the old favorites, like, tell me your greatest strength, tell me your greatest weakness. Now we have very specific questions we ask as part of our hiring protocol and what we teach at Business of Design. And we also have specific challenges, tests, actual in the field tasks we want them to complete. And we learn everything we need to know about the candidate this way. We learn how flexible they are, how committed they are to excellence, if they're a perfectionist, um, if they're wanting my job instead of the job we're actually looking for. I really learned that winging it with those questions is a, is a really bad idea. Well, one of my favorite questions is, would you consider yourself a behind the scenes type of person or an out front type of person? Ooh, that's now, good for what, designers. Yeah. That's a good one. Because what, what you're really wanting to understand is, are you going to be happy during your ramp up with your career to be behind the scenes? Because oftentimes people come from a role where they were kind of a big deal, right? And so now they're going to come in and join your team where they want to be a big deal as well. But realistically, you need to get them there, right? There needs to be criteria and demonstration and consistency in terms of their performance in order for you to be able to move them into a position that has more face-to-face -face time with a client or um, you're just looking for evidence that this person's going to be a long-term fit. So what we want to know is we've got a person that's coming to join the team that's agile, that's respectful of others in a leadership role and who are comfortable leading and following, mm -hmm. right? Like that's what we, in this day and age, that's what we need on a team. We need to have people who are very comfortable having other people lead certain aspects of a project. And then we're also very comfortable when someone, the leader turns to you and says, can you take, take the R for this? Yes, I can. Right. And then they jump in and they do that. That's really what that question's getting at is Yes, we all have preferences, but is there a willingness to be the learner, be mm. the new person, be the sponge that's just going to absorb everything they can about the business and the work before they start trying to jockey around for some sort of big yeah. deal position on a team? I love that question. I'm going to add that question to my arsenal for sure. I remember once a similar question asking someone where they saw themselves in five years. And she said, oh, I'll definitely mm -hmm. have my own company by then. And I thought, okay, bye. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like five yeah. years is, I clearly I'm going to get you for like three and I'm going to teach mm -hmm. you everything and then you're gone. No, thank you. So I think that's mm -hmm. a better way of asking that same question almost. And then um, I think it also is a good question for designers because I sometimes meet a candidate who sees herself interacting directly with the clients all the time, where in my office, that's more my job. Yeah. Um, not that they never interact with clients, but I guess they don't take necessarily take the lead with the client typically. Mm -hmm. Okay. So w where are we now? I know that there's a third part. 
So we want to attract people by being a marketer. We want to select people by being very conscientious of the questions we ask and the stories they tell using high quality interviews. And once you make that job offer and they say yes, now it's all about the first moment of truth (laughs) because you're going to offer them world-class onboarding. So if you said, here's what the day in the life looks like, here's what we're all about, here's our team culture, here's our client roster, here's some other members on the team that you get to work with, and they come for day one and it's like lunchbox let down, right? They don't feel welcome. There's no workplace for them. There's nothing set up for them in advance. They're fooling around with tech. No one was there to greet them. They don't get to see you, right? One of the most important things that you can do for any new person coming to join your team as a CEO is be there face-to-face with them on day one. And it can be a 15-minute conversation. You can schedule a breakfast or a lunch with them. But by all means, show up in person for this person on their first day of work. Even if that means you have to delay their first day of work because you're traveling or you're caught up in an installation. But that's one of the first things that you can do to start to build a bond and really build a respectful relationship with this new person is if they actually get to meet you on day one. Having an onboarding process changed our lives for sure. And we did a lot of, we realized there were certain things we could take care of before they even came in. Like, give us a password for your email account. Give it, you know, yes. here's here's your passwords that you need before you get to the office. And now with it all written down in operations manual, it feels like they have a structured day in front of mm-hmm. them, which is mm-hmm. really important. I agree. I love that expression, lunchbox let down. I'm thinking of those small business owners who feel like, oh my gosh, it's just me. This is crazy. First of all, you can you can ask someone else to do your hiring for you. There are definitely mm-hmm. people who are better at hiring than you are probably if you're anything like me. And an onboarding uh, policy can be fairly simple. You know, as you said, it's usually the tech problems. Give them a tour mm-hmm. of the office, tell them, you know, how to lock the office and open the office and where the coffee maker is. Like just writing those things down and going through that checklist makes that first awkward morning where you don't know each other, you know, mm-hmm. much more comfortable. Um, anyway, really, really good advice. Thank you so much. Shelly, we like to end every episode with something we call design intervention. It does not have to be on the same topic. It can just be just a great piece of advice you think business owners really need to listen to and perhaps implement? Well, it's a big reminder that I, you know, I'm constantly overheard telling people, but the people closest to the work really do know the most about the work. So as the business owner, you need to set your ego aside and be open to hearing feedback about what's broken in the business, what's being held together with vice grips or band-aids, what are your team tolerating, what ideas do they have to really streamline and create more predictability in the business and not take it as a, like a shun towards what you've created and what you've developed. Mm. What you have today is so much bigger than what it was when you first opened your doors. And there's been a lot of iterations along the way. So let's continue to stay open to what our team is telling us about how we could make their roles easier, not harder. And then trust those individuals to do what you hired them to do. 
You took so much time finding them and then you selected them and then you onboarded them. And now they're here and they're making an incredible contribution to your business. Let them speak, let them collaborate, let them come up with ideas and just delight in the fact that you have these incredible people on the, on your team that really are showing up the way you had hoped that, that they would show up. You know what? Everything you said is so, so really helpful and valuable. Thank you so much. And especially that hiring is a process. It's not something, mm-hmm. or hiring is a project. A project. Yeah. yeah. It's not something that you just occasionally put you know, pull together at the last second when you're in crisis. I Mm -hmm. said at the beginning of the show that most often or frequently business owners will end up hiring when they're overwhelmed and immediately need a hire. They haven't set everything up as we have uh, outlined and described here. What is there any advice you can give that person who's just really in a crisis and needs someone fast? Look to your own networks. So what often can happen is you'll have a design network with individuals that have people on their team that are working part-time. Why not look to be able to ask those business owners, do you have part-time individuals that have this skill set who might be looking for some more hours, even if it's seasonal, even if it's just project-based? And then let's bring them in, do an interview with them, and see if they'd be a match to come in and provide you that temporary relief from this overwhelm that you have right now while you're looking to hire someone more permanently, right? So you're going to have your hiring project in on play. You really are out there attracting your next best hire to come and join you. But in the meantime, you're feeling a lot of relief because a colleague, a person in your network who you admire and who you trust and respect is serving up to you a member of their team who really is looking for some more hours that they're not quite able to give. Great, great advice. Thank you so much. It was really a pleasure to to see your face and get to know you a little bit. <laughs> well, this has been wonderful for me too. This is going to go down in my top episodes where I was be able to be a guest on someone's podcast. This has been a memorable moment for me, Kimberly. As I said earlier, I've been such a fan of yours <laughs> too. And as Canadian to Canadian, who you know literally a drive apart, it is it's wonderful to meet you. Yes. And you are invited to come back anytime. I know you've got a thousand topics we could have explored. We tackled this one this time, but we look forward to having you back on the show again, Shelly. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community and supporting BOD's mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. It's time for you to take the next step and join Business of Design. Like thousands of design professionals in 50 countries around the world, you'll find the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to dramatically improve your business and transform your life. What are you waiting for? Start today.